This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with my buddy, Jared Davis. We're here to talk about fall practice. Fall camp is here. We are, at this point, about a week and a half, two weeks into it, and uh, it is very interesting. Quarterback battle, very interesting. Some unexpected player, Holden Gariner, coming in and uh, making a big impact. Running backs, Jark West, he's back. So that'll be another topic we'll talk about. And then just some other battles going on. Uh, because that's what you expect, especially in fall camp, with a lot of change and turnover. All right, with that, Jared, how you doing? You, you, you feeling the excitement of it being less than three weeks away from college football? It's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? I am. I'm doing good. I, you know, the word fall camp is a little confusing because it's uh, my computer right now is telling me we're about to hit a record high <laughs> temperature. <laughs> yeah, it's like. 95 degrees currently in Atlanta, and it feels a lot worse. So, yeah, I, I, yeah it's it's hard to uh, say the words fall right now with anything. But um, and Freeze actually made that comment. He said, yeah. he, he said, guys, it's it's been a brutal camp. It's been hot. Um, yeah. And um, so yeah, but all in all, man, I'm excited. Uh, can't believe we. I mean, they're gonna have. I mean, AJ, I think they're gonna have football. Uh, I think they will have like football on a Thursday night here in like a week and a half or so. I mean, or two weeks. It's crazy. That's, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, we've already seen some NFL preseason stuff, which gets me excited. You see those those guys out there, but college football just is on another level for me of of excitement. When I when I see it, I know this next you know essentially twelve weeks, thirteen, fourteen, or if you count like bye weeks and included and all that, it's just going to be so much fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a, a good time to be around and, uh, let's, let's kind of get into our first topic of talking about quarterbacks because that's what most people care about. And Hugh Freeze cares a lot about that. Uh, previously Hugh Freeze was talking about, you know, the battle between, uh, Robbie Ashford, Peyton Thorne and Holden Gariner, uh, trying to pare that down to two, two guys. And he was going to essentially have 10 days of fall camp to start doing that. Well, we're past that point and he's still at this point he was asked and he said his decision is a lot harder than he thought it would be so it just kind of shows me at least me i don't know about you jared but it looks like holden has kind of picked it up i mean i was i was only given holden a pretty slim chance of getting the starting position but after a strong push over this last week or so Holden has uh, really impressed uh, Hugh Freeze in the offense. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I had heard a lot about Holden's arm, some of it from Brian Harson, and just how he just he's just a natural, you know, gunslinger. He can it just comes off the hand naturally. Um, but then when it was, I know we kind of downplayed it, but when Tank and the tight end chose him for their pro day. Um, I was like, okay. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a reason you do that. I mean, you're not going to choose a guy that can't throw the ball, right? Um, and that, to me, was kind of a subtle turning point of maybe this guy can do it given the time. So, I, I don't know. Um, you know, if it pans out that he does wind up going on to be a good quarterback at Auburn as much as 
as much as the negative that came with the Harson era. I mean, he gave us Jarquez, Hunter, and Holden. Now, I know that's that's uh, being real positive, and it may not pan out. But we know Jarquez is going to be good. So, I don't know, mm-hmm. man. I think uh, Holden's definitely moving up. But who do you – I mean, Freeze didn't say, and we all want that answer. I mean, who? what do you think he meant by, I had it figured out, and now I don't know? Do you think it was Thorne, and now I don't know because of Holden? Or I thought it was Robbie, and now I don't know? I mean, what do you think it was? I mean, I think Freeze came into – the, I mean, even think about bringing in Thorne. He knew Robbie needed an extra, some extra competition because he's the incumbent. And you don't bring in a guy like Thorne just for no reason. And he also kind of understands that Peyton Thorne, he's a newer guy to the system, even though he understands things and you know, both uh, Freeze and then also uh, the offensive coordinator have talked about how specifically – he, or how specific and detailed he is. And he's picking up on things way quicker than they're expecting. But even still, there's going to be a gap. He's only had a certain number of reps and plays in this offense. And some of the other guys, like Robbie Ashford and Holden Garner, have gotten extra reps, know the system a little bit better because they were here for his, for the spring. And that's where you know I'm trying to evaluate you know his statement in that context. Like, is he talking about, did he have Robbie Ashford or Peyton Thorne as kind of the, you know, lead leader in this kind of quarterback race? Maybe. I think that's probably the most likely scenario is one of those two. But then who was it? Was it Robbie or was it Peyton? I mean, surely you look at Peyton Thorne's numbers from Michigan State and you're like, yeah, this guy can play, but this is a different level. This is SEC where every throw matters and so i don't know i really don't my my gut is i think he was going to do thorn and i don't know that it was robbie or holden by themselves i think jointly they both played so well that he's like i don't know um yeah because i think robbie played well mm-hmm. i think thorn actually played okay he didn't have any touchdown passes but people that were there said that you know two of them were dropped i mean that's not his fault um yep in fact, we can talk about that. Apparently, drops were an issue with the receivers. So, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it probably was Thorn. Um, I don't think you go get Thorn unless you're like, hey, man, it's yours to lose because we mm-hmm. got him so late in the game, right? Like at that point, if you thought it was Robbie, you've seen enough of Robbie. Why would you go get Thorn, right? So I think it was probably Thorns to lose, and I think there's a chance he may. I mean, I don't know this, but maybe he did lose it in the spring mm-hmm. game. I mean, in the practice. Yeah, I and mean, it just—it's only been one practice. It's only been one scrimmage, but first scrimmages can be a little telling of where the guys are at uh, because you're you're going full speed. And even Freeze was talking about they added some extra tempo in there to get the offense going, move it quickly, and just see how fast guys were reacting. Because I mean, you and I know this, the listeners know this as well. When you're under a little bit of pressure, it really shows who you really are. And uh, they were under some pressure, and uh, it sounds like both Robbie and Holden kind of, you know, rose above a little bit. And maybe it sounds like potentially Peyton kind of dropped down just a little bit. Not to say he's out of the race by any means, but that to me is pretty telling that both you, you look at some of the stats from the scrimmage, both Robbie and Holden had passing touchdowns. And apparently Robbie's was just amazing. He was on the run. It was kind of like one of those just 
pro-level pro passes that he had, and you're just like, that's awesome. That's what get more of that. That's what man. Robbie does. The the thing we need him to do, and I, maybe he can. I hope it's Robbie, man, because that RPO now you add in the run option too. But I think, man, if he can just hit the simple passes, right, like the yeah. like the the seven yard, I guess, stick route to keep a drive going. That you can't miss on those. And if he's if he's gotten that down, it's his job, in my opinion. Right. Um, well, and and just a few days before the scrimmage, they they interviewed. Uh, our offensive coordinator about this. And that was one of his comments about Robbie. He was asked about each quarterback and what they're doing good. And he said, Robbie's throwing the ball better. Well, I mean, he was only passing was it under 50%. So yeah, I'd hope he's doing better than that, <laughs> but you know, I, you make a good point there, though. I think, I think you make a good point. I think if you get Robbie to like 58, 60% range, like if you can get him to that, I think you roll with him. You need you need Thorne and Holden to be more seventy percent or sixty five. Like that's you know they don't bring enough otherwise to the table, right? So mm-hmm. they have to disperse the ball. But if you can get Robbie, man, if Robbie's at that sixty percent range with what he brings as on the ad lib portion of the game, I think you roll with him. Um, yeah, and if I'm being honest, I I'm leaning Robbie right now, just slightly. And then Peyton Thorne kind of right behind him. And then literally it sounds like Holden's like right there with Peyton Thorne kind of, and and who knows, we still have at least probably a week and a half, maybe two weeks of like true evaluation of these quarterbacks before whether or not we know it as a a fan, but I feel like the coaches probably are going to say, this is our guy because you got to start game planning. You can't just wait until the, you know, last minute to just say, yeah, here we go. You know, you got, you got to essentially kind of plan out who's that quarterback that'll be stepping out there at the beginning. And who, who knows, maybe it is a combo, but honestly, I'm kind of hoping it's not of multiple quarterbacks stepping yeah. out on that first game, unless it's, you know, say one of them goes out, plays three quarters, does great. And we throw in a different quarterback just to see what else is, what, what they've got in a real live game. Maybe I'm okay with that, but I don't, I don't want them to rotate around just because they're, yeah, you know, I don't know. At that point, um, let's talk about a little, you know, maybe more detail about this first scrimmage. So, um, Ron Roberts, his goal was to uh, eliminate unforced errors, and it sounds like they were doing a lot of that, especially in the second half. They were getting a lot of tackle for losses. Uh, the offense, however, handled their business pretty decently. They didn't turn the ball over, which I feel like for any scrimmage, that's a great thing. Any game, you don't have any turnovers. That's a pretty big deal. Um, and again, that offense was going quick. They started out quick, doing a lot of hurry up, fast tempo type stuff. And, you know, I, I mean, our show is called No Huddle. Like I have a an affinity, a love towards the No Huddle style, fast offense. But that just kind of shows you, you know, it's still effective. It can still be used in college football today, though you do have to kind of mix it in with some more methodical, traditional, slower offense um, to make it sustainable. You can't just go hurry up, no huddle the whole time. So that was kind of interesting to hear and uh, definitely was a point of emphasis this whole this whole fall practice, but specifically this scrimmage. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, a couple kind of things that they seem to, at least from Freeze's perspective, need to work on RPOs. Uh, they have been apparently doing pretty good uh, in all fall practice up until the scrimmage on reading RPOs, making the right decisions. But there were a couple of times where even uh, Freeze said some of the wide receivers on RPOs where it was going to be a pass. Some of those wide receivers weren't doing exactly what they're expe- expected to do. Maybe they were just not running the right route or being a little lazy. That stuff has to be cleaned up uh, because if you start doing that kind of stuff, that's not going to fly with this coaching staff. Jared, any other kind of observations from this uh, first scrimmage and what you've heard? No, I mean, I I, I think you can hit the nail on the head with the receivers. He he took a pretty strong stance on them. And I think that's one thing. um, I, I don't, I think that's you. Like I know that, Hughes got a pass, right? But he, from a football standpoint, he is very structured and disciplined, and I don't think he puts up with any any stuff, right? So, like, he, yeah. he, he did not hold back. He said it was either lack of effort. I don't remember the word he used, but essentially lack of <clears throat> effort, or they didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Now, he did then take that approach of that's on the coaches. So he, you know, you know, he, he softened it by saying that's on us to get them prepared. But yeah, the receivers apparently. So I didn't realize this, um, AJ, maybe you did in this system here. It, the receiver is also having to read the defense on every play basically. Right. So like, mm-hmm. it's like two route options for each receiver uh, yeah. is my understanding. And based off what the def- defense does, the receiver makes a decision. Mm-hmm. And so you can't mess that up because the quarterback is guessing as to which decision you're making. Um, right. And you'll have to be in sync. And that's actually, I was going to say this earlier, that's why I think it's super important to go ahead and name a quarterback like this week. Get, get them, I mean, you know, even if you aren't fully sure, I think it's better to have somebody working with the ones the whole time now, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I think the earlier you get that, the better. Because especially if you have more options out there, you really, I mean, you hear it from pro level style quarterbacks, ones that are in the NFL, they, they, they are in sync with their receivers. They know exactly what the receiver is going to do. You know, the DBs kind of playing a little back. All right, let's run something under or whatever that is. They're reading the wide receiver and the quarterback are reading that defense making a decision based off of that. It's not necessarily written in stone exactly what to do every single play. And that adds an extra layer of complexity, but when it's run properly, and if you look at some of the stats, even you know, from what Hugh Freeze has been able to do with offenses, you got to think he's at a good in a good spot. Like I saw this stat, I think it was maybe J- uh, Justin Ferguson that put this out, you know, Hugh Freeze has coached teams in the past and they've averaged for the whole season 3,500 yards and had 27 passing touchdowns. He's done that with 
some less than Auburn level talent. And that's kind of like a little bit of reassurance, at least for me, that whoever we end up picking for quarterback, we're going to figure it out. And freeze is going to get the guys up to that kind of level. And I think that that point itself makes me feel a lot better, but we still got to figure it out. We got to choose it quickly rather than just say, I don't know who it's going to be. And maybe, you know, from, from a fan perspective, we don't know, but I would hope the team knows well, who that quarterback's going to be. I agree. And then I'll move on to this, but like, if it's so close, right. If nobody's truly separated themselves, then to me at this point, getting someone the most reps possible with the ones, right? Um, like if it's so close, I don't know that you're going to go wrong. Just You're going to have to just choose one and say, hey, this is the tipping point. You have X that I think will help us. We're going to start now running you with the ones at every practice. Yeah. Um, and, and then also it's a psychological thing. That now lets that player be like, all right, look, I'm the leader right now, okay? Um, and so if a receiver's not doing something right, I can pull them aside and have a combo. I'm going to be the leader. Um, yep. Yeah, I just think if it's – I don't know what you're going to do from Saturday to Tuesday to separate yourself, so you might as well just pick one and roll with them. Yeah, and and they, up until this point, had not reviewed the footage <clears throat> and the game film from the scrimmage. I'm guessing after reevaluating, I, I wonder if Hugh has a better idea. He probably does. like – Honestly, when you, you come like fresh out of the game, you kind of are heightened emotions, heightened feelings, and you take a minute, you know, it's kind of like us, we we take a minute to kind of process and then it becomes more clear. Yeah, are we mad in the moment, you know, an hour after a game, after a win or a loss or whatever, we have extra feelings, right? But, you know, a day or two later, you see the clarity. Hey, I could have done that better. These quarterbacks are doing the right things or not where these players are doing the right things or not. And once you kind of, you know, take that, I think it helps, uh, you know, these coaches make the right decisions. So let's also talk about the running back room because Jarquez at the beginning of fall practice was not there. Uh, a few practices in, came back. It was uh, some pretty big news. Uh, just to have him back in practice, uh, the, the judgment or decisions of, you know, how many games he'll probably have to miss still up for a a final official decision. But, you know, from an Auburn fan perspective, if you're listening to this, expect something, it will be more than something. You'll have to miss something. Um, And so I don't think it'll be the whole season. I'd really hope not considering Hughes talked, Hey, it's good to have him back on the team. He's practicing, but it's not going to be nothing. Um, couple other things jeremiah cobb has gotten some uh really high praise uh, brian batte also running back has gotten a lot of praise really this running back room sounds really packed um one of the things that i thought was kind of interesting and i'm curious where this comes into play because i've always thought as dark was is kind of that front runner at running back but you know the talk is essentially by committee like doing a running back room by committee What's kind of your thoughts on that? And, you know, instead of having maybe Jerk Wes take a big majority of the load and then have the other guys take really small portions of the rest of the load. Yeah, I think even in the NFL, that's become the norm now. I mean, I think it's going to be by committee. I think 
you're you, you have to have Jarquez have the most touches. I mean, I I, I listen. I think Jarquez could be one of the best running backs in the country. Um, I, he, yeah, I just think that highly of him. I think Damari Austin. I mean, he had like two breakaway runs that were touchdowns. I mean, he's you know he was a four star. Uh, is it Batty? Batty? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he. I mean, he led, was it Conference USA or something? He led them in all-purpose yards, I think. Um, and then you got Jeremiah Cobb. He was a four-star, could easily have been five. I mean, we're loaded with talent there. We should have better offensive linemen. I think you're going to do the rotation thing, but I think Hunter has to be your primary. And then in this transfer error, like, you got to get touches, right? Like, you can't go through this yeah. season and Jeremiah Cobb not get any touches because – I mean, Georgia wanted – he chose between us and Georgia. If he goes his whole season and gets nothing, you know, he'll be looking to probably leave if I'm being honest. That's just the nature. So, you yep. got to keep everybody happy. Yeah, uh, you really do. And, and, I mean, with Cadillac Williams being the running backs coach, he knows that. I mean, he's, that that's partially, I'm sure, why they're kind of going by committee. I mean, you got to keep everybody kind of happy. I mean, I was just talking to, with a friend today. You you think about somebody right out of high school, an 18-year-old, and it used to almost be inconceivable that a freshman could make a true impact at a, at the college level. And now now we're seeing a lot of that. I mean, think back to even Tank and Jark West. They were very young when they started playing and getting some significant reps, and yet they, they made an impact. So a lot of these running backs will get some significant reps. And from from things that we're hearing in scrimmage, they're they're gonna make some they're gonna score some touchdowns. It's not just get some little reps, run a little bit. No, they're they're gonna be making an impact. If I had my guess, it will actually probably be Hunter, Damari, and Cobb as like the primary running backs. And then yeah. tell me again, did I Batty or Batty? How how do you say it? I've heard it both ways. I okay. I think I've heard most people say Batty. Okay, but, I think Batty will be a return guy and then kind of like a do-everything, like send him in motion on end rounds, uh, maybe even put him in the slot occasionally. I think you're going to utilize his athleticism. He's a smaller guy, but I think he's definitely going to be returned. He did that at South Florida. Um, I think he's going to be more of that role. So he will yeah. be running back. But here's the funny thing. Who was the running back last year that um, Harson gave a scholarship to? He was a walk-on. He's doing well. I can't think of his oh, name. Oh yeah, um, it, is it Cam? I'm blinking something? on too. Yeah, he's, I don't know. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean, Sean, Sean Jackson, Sean Jackson. Yeah, he's apparently doing well, and he's like a bowling ball type. He reminds me right. a lot of like Rob Tate. Uh, yeah, uh, Rob Tate. He, um, I don't know. I think he's got something that brings to the table down there towards the goal line. Yeah. Um So I, I, <laughs> I don't know what you do. It's a good problem yeah. to have. You literally, we've talked about five different running yeah. backs, and and each of them have their their thing, and you got to think at some point we're probably going to play all of them throughout the season. So, I mean, if I was a running back in that room, I'd just be like, "Wow, this is this is a loaded room," and they're probably going to have to start narrowing in on, like you said, different roles. Maybe Batiste, kind of the end around guy, and Sean Shiver or Sean Jack, yeah, what, on, Sean what Jackson, yeah, Sean Jackson is like the bowling ball kind of out the middle. And then you kind of got Jarquez, who's just a workhorse. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Yeah, Quez and Damari, I think, are going to be your most touches guy. Cobb will be in there yeah. too. Jackson will be like a situational 
third and one guy, and then I think yeah, Batie will be a, a kind of do everything utility kind of player. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And then, uh, I mean, this running back room, we're going to be fine. The The big question mark, in the, and this kind of came up again from the scrimmage, is the wide receivers. And so we really need to pay attention to some of those storylines as we're going into the season um, because we did add a lot. I mean, some of the defensive backs this, this fall camp have really talked about how much better the wide receiver room has been, but we need even better than, than what we've had in the past couple of years uh, to really be successful. And uh, we're just kind of to see, do they run like they, you know, do they run right routes? Are they catching the ball? Are they dropping a lot? Those type of things, be paying attention to those over the next uh, few weeks, seeing what what's happening with the wide receiver room. Because Hugh Freeze's offense uses wide receivers, and especially the big ones. Uh, and there's some big ones that we can use. It's just a matter of can they do what Freeze wants. Yeah, yeah right I found – I found it. I didn't realize, it, and Freeze said it in a frustrating tone that, like, apparently Camden Brown has not practiced at all since he's been here, since Hugh's Ooh. been here with an injury because of an injury. Yeah, and uh, that was frustrating him. Um, I don't know if that's true. I felt like I've heard people say Camden was out there, but I don't know. It sounded like you said he hadn't practiced. I think Javaris Johnson was didn't play in the scrimmage because he had an yeah. injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a ton of things about Jay Fair. Coming on strong, Me too. yeah. Like he's apparently, apparently he's really making a name for himself. So, but I do like the. I went and looked the other day, and I don't know if this is normal or not. I mean, we have a ton of receivers over six feet. We have several over six three, and a few over six five. So, I don't feel like that's been normal for us. No, definitely not. I feel like six foot or six foot one was good for Auburn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, there was a time where like Kobe Hudson was our tallest receiver. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like probably six feet. So we have a lot of big boys. Um, I really think the guy that came from, was it Florida Atlantic or something, the tight end, I think he's really going to be more of a receiving threat and he's really mm-hmm. tall. Um but I'm excited, man, to see where it goes. I do think the room has been ele- – I think the room, and even statistically, our team has been elevated. I saw where the, the people that transferred out and the people that transferred in, it was about a five-point swing in the positive as far as player yeah, rating. I believe it. So I think everybody's – I think the rooms have been elevated. But, yep, you're right. It's just about getting out there, getting that groove with the quarterback and making it happen. Yeah, exactly. And that that's only going to – be over time. I mean, I don't expect even game one or two for our quarterbacks and wide receivers to be on the same page all the time. We're probably going to see some of that stuff where they're not on the same page. And, you know, we almost have to give them a little bit of grace there, understanding that, hey, they, they're just, they're still trying to figure it out. And, you know, if it's like any typical Auburn team, it usually takes four, maybe five games to kind of figure out. Just what are you doing on offense and what is truly working uh, before we really get into like the meat of our schedule? 
All right, a couple more quick things. We've got uh, defense. Ron Roberts uh, had an interview, and he, he was really talking about on the defensive side, there's been a ton of improvement since the spring practice. Uh, a lot of the guys, which is always good to hear, took from spring practice, learned the defense, and are playing better this fall. If you have that continuing, continual improvement on the defense, I mean, even if our offense early on looks like it's sputtering out, you can probably lean a little bit more back on your defense. And uh, that's a little little nicer to think about. Um, some of the freshmen or newcomers from transfer uh, from the transfer portal uh, seem like they're coming up to speed, but yeah, even Ron Roberts was pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty straightforward saying, hey, this is a faster game, especially in the SEC. It's going to take a lot of these guys a, a few minutes to kind of figure out what what's really truly going on, how to read plays, how to do the right things, where to be at the right time. So that that's only going to come with more reps against a uh, an offense. Um, linebackers, looks like they, they were communicating well. Linebackers are stopping the run, which, you know, think about our running backs. That's saying a lot. Um, but I think that also maybe is telling us a little bit about the offensive line. I hope our offensive line is – pretty good at run blocking but it's a brand new offensive line so uh you know you, you can just never really tell i feel like uh in the in the uh in fall practice um and then keldrick falk of course making some uh waves there um sounds like he's moving to kind of like an edge position at least for right now um not necessarily always rushing the quarterback but play just setting that edge and I think maybe to start out, I mean, he's going to be a freshman, 18-year-old kid essentially out there. And, you know, for him to kind of find his role, you know, put him in that one position, tell him do that really well, and then expand to more pass rushing or kind of what, you know, they, they've essentially called as like the jack position um, in Ron Roberts' uh, defense. So any other comments about defense before we uh, go on to a couple other just – odds and ends as Kyle Loomis always likes to call it the poopery potpourri kind of section. Uh, <laughs> any no, other things about defense? No, not really. I'm just, you know, I, I feel like, uh, that's probably going to be our strength in certain areas, maybe especially in the secondary for the team. So, uh, you know, just excited to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, exactly. Um, a couple other big things, and this is even bigger than just football. Uh, but you, probably think of it as football is uh rolling tumors corner and the tumors aren't oaks it officially is coming back if you haven't seen the news uh after 10 years it feels like it's been forever since we've gotten to re-roll those trees um you know what was it a handful of years ago they replanted the offspring of the original oaks and you know they're now mature enough that we can now roll those so i'm really excited to actually get to do that not just the trees around it which that's always fun but i feel like focusing the amount of toilet paper that go on two trees just shows the sheer impact of how much you know whatever when we get um how, how important that was um a couple other side items do you remember will herring i do, do you remember him oh yeah okay um linebacker uh from what like 2003 to 2006 somewhere around there i think he was with Tuberville, um, yeah. Yep. 
uh, he'll be a sideline reporter kind of along with Ronnie Brown. So that'll be kind of exciting for the radio broadcast to have both Ronnie and Will Herring. So you got an offensive guy and defensive. So I love that. Um, I love when they bring back uh, some of the beloved uh, players that were great in their time. And uh, one more thing to mention, and this is more NFL related, but Tank Bigsby, as you know, got drafted. Um, and he's uh, already been getting some good carries um, and doing some big things. It is only preseason, but you know it's cool to just see Tank and uh, his talents transitioning over to the NFL. All right, Jared, any other topics before we get out of here? No, sir. Just ready for cooler weather, a little fall feel, and get some football going. Man, I did look it up, and it's uh, it's actually before a Thursday night. We have football August 26th, which is a Saturday. The Saturday before we play, there will be football and pretty much every day from then on out. Love it. And uh, we are so close. We literally have one more Saturday left of no football. Yep. And we got football. We got football. We got football right. for the next, like, 15, 16 weeks. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And, and then bowl, game, bowl, bowl season game. and all yeah. that. Oh, yeah. It always flies by. I always look up, and we're like five games into the season, and I'm thinking, God, it doesn't fly this fast when we're not in season. So That's so true. So get ready. This is kind of like the – I think of this as kind of like the on-ramp. You're about to get on the interstate, and we're about to go fast. And buckle up because – there's a lot of optimism around this team and around Hugh Freeze and what he's doing with this team. And, and even, you know, future things, you know, future classes are still kind of coming along. There's some big news like DeLewis uh, Solomon, defensive back. He chose Auburn. Uh, TJ Lindsay, not TJ Finley. I did have to do a double take. It was TJ Lindsay also committed uh, to Auburn. So he's a defensive lineman. So well, real, we're real still point. doing work. Yeah, real quick, we didn't mention it. We didn't talk much about recruiting, but I did read where average star rating of player, we are number five in the entire country. We are 14 overall because we need more players. Mm -hmm. Um, But the players we have gotten, the ones we have, are are top five quality in the country. So that's pretty pretty big news. Yeah, I I feel like that's an even sometimes more important than just your class overall. Just because it shows you each player – is talent wise pretty high that would would mean like their talent level average is fifth out of every team and to me that that tells me auburn in a year or two could be competing for a national championship or even just conference championships um, with that type of talent yeah if you're getting top five talent every year um with the caliber coach Freeze is, you're going to be you're with two up team playoff. You're going to be in that talk every year. I mean, you're just going to be in the talk. So you got to keep yeah. it going. And you know, we've not played a single game under Coach Freeze, but if he brings in top five talent every year, it's just going to happen. Exactly. I mean, these guys come in high high level, high stars. They expect to win. They probably won their whole high school and middle school and pee wee football. They expect to win. They're going to bring that. Uh, so you, you bring winners into the uh, football room, you're, you're going to have a higher odds of uh, winning a football game just because of that uh, winning mentality. All right, Jared, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter or X, whatever it is now, <laughs> at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle.
Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.